Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by a special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com. I want to talk to you about um, this incredible thing that's happening on the earth right now. And that is that heaven is showing up. Heaven is showing up at all, in, in like every time we gather, and even when we walk out of here, it just, it just keeps going with us. All it's like it's like it's been God's plan the whole time or something. It's like He's been just dying to get here. And all of a sudden, he's showing up. All of a sudden, you know, we have a whole generation of people who actually expect God to show up. And then there's another generation that is wondering where he was all their life. And both are represented in this room. And I want you to realize that it's been the plan the whole time. I mean, it was, it's, it's written right into Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. You pray like this. Pray like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as it's being done in heaven. Pray that it happen, that heaven and earth reflect one another. But for a very long time, we thought, oh, let's turn heaven into earth. Let's read this Bible through an American lens, and let's describe heaven like America. Let's read this Bible through a Swiss lens, and let's describe heaven as Switzerland. Brazil, South Africa, Japan, you name it. You name it. We will bring earth to heaven. As a matter of fact, we're praying that we will get rescued off this earth. We'll get out of here while the devil gets stronger and more powerful and more evil and more horrible and everything's terrible. Jesus, Maranatha! Come and get us out of here! And Jesus says, pray like this, heaven come. Not people escape. Heaven come. That our job is literally to be ambassadors on this planet. To represent to this earth what our Father looks like. What our Father's house looks like. This is our job. Our job is to pull heaven to the earth, not endure until we're going to pop. <laughs> and then, out of sheer mercy, Jesus plucks all his little ambassadors out of the country. <laughs> come to Papa, come here. Wow. That didn't work, did it? <laughs> so amazing how that darkness has snuffed out the light like nowhere else. 
There's a reason that heaven is successfully landing in different areas. Heaven is successfully setting up and staying in certain places. And it's important that we realize why. So it isn't like, oh, this little, this little vortex opened up and we all stood in it for a minute and it closed. Oh gosh, wasn't that amazing? That was so amazing. Can't wait. Maybe we go to India. Africa. I heard it, I heard it stayed longer there. <laughs> But the devil actually lives in our city, so... <laughs> no way. Just no way it can happen here. We had a really good service, though. It was a good one. <laughs> so we kind of get in this, you know, we get in this mentality, we get in this mindset that, you know, we're like double dutch. <laughs> See, if we can get in there, I get clobbered. No, that's not what's happening here. There is actually a design. There's actually a, 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 an order. Like if you go anywhere in the United States, especially, or any place that you know has been Western Christianized, you know, if you pick up the, the bulletin, you look for who's the who's the top of the food chain here? Who's the who's the boss? Oh look. George Smith. Senior pastor. Senior pastor. Top of the food chain. Senior pastor. Who's the senior pastor here? Where's the buck stop? We need to know. We need to know who the boss is. Senior pastor. First Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is describing. You know, the gifts to the body of Christ, they're diverse, there's so many different gifts, but they're one spirit. He goes on to describe the body of Christ as a physical human body, with all these different parts that are so different than each other, but it's still one body. He's trying to make a point here that you know, it's important that, that things that are designed very different, things that are created very different, are still coordinated under one, one God. And so he then also launches into what seems to be this random government spiel. You're like, what? What's he talking about? Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Which means that individually, he just described all the gifts that are different, all the body parts that are different. He's saying, though you are diverse, you're all part of Christ's body. And then he says something amazing. He says, and God has appointed in the church. So we say God has appointed. God has appointed in the church. He didn't say, and I, Paul, think this is a really awesome idea. He didn't say, this seems to be working in Ephesus. He says, God has appointed in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then, this is like going fourth, follow me, workers of miracles, gifts of healing. You see where this is going? 
pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. And then he lists off five supernaturally charged activation gifts, graces, whatever you want to call them. First, second, third, third's a little questionable, fourth, fifth. And God says, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. But we say, first, senior pastor. First senior pastor, teacher, with a gift of administration and a desire for evangelism. <laughs> God says, we say, <laughs> do you realize what that does is it says we have a better plan than heaven does. So we're going to do church the way we want to do it. And you go ahead and do whatever you're going to do. And we like to describe what we're doing as something that has passed away. And we've taken it from here. And all of a sudden, the church becomes a natural organization, like the Red Cross, except more rules. <laughs> except like, you know, it, it, it becomes like the, the Rotary Club, but less alcohol. <laughs> We are going to create a natural response to a supernatural enemy. And eventually we're going to say there is no devil. That's right. That's right. There are no apostles. There is no devil. Religious momentum. 
But Jesus says, speak to that mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea. This is the kind of stuff he's talking about. This is an absolute mountain of momentum. Christians for centuries have been trained to be afraid of the supernatural. Do not trust what you cannot control, so let's limit church to an argument. And then let's argue with each other. And our radio broadcast is bigger than your radio broadcast, so we are righter than you. Our theological seminary is bigger than your theological seminary, therefore we are righter than you. They will know that we are Christians because we are right. <laughs> Let's fight and divide and kill each other over who's right. And so churches become gathering places of agreement. And we worship at the idol of agreement.
So you know what? We need a bigger, we need a bigger sanctuary. We need to build a bigger church. How many people are in Austin? Two million? We need a church that holds two million. <laughs> or at least one million and two services. <laughs> okay. Half a million got four services. But the Christian mentality, the pastoral mentality, is to get everybody into church. Gifts I want to give you. And when Jesus is handing out gifts, you're like, well, we already did that. Come on. Pour it out. First of the line. The gifts of Christ, you know, in Ephesians 4, here's where pastor shows up. You know, in 1 Corinthians, if you start looking for pastor, you just keep on looking. Keep on going. Maybe it's in the maps. I don't know where Flip that thing over. Keep going to Ephesians. There he shows in Ephesians. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, teachers. Not everybody. Some. But everybody has an anointing, Second John. Every one of you has an anointing of the Holy Spirit. Every one of you. Which is the evidence that you're even saved. Because all of a sudden you care if other people get saved. All of a sudden you care what that book says. All of a sudden you care about heaven. All of us have an anointing in the Holy Spirit. Not all of us have that office of. But we all have an effect of the Holy Spirit and the way we see the world. So it's like looking through a lens of glass, right? Like if you're looking through a yellow lens and you say, oh, look at that. It's a yellow and black zebra. <laughs> but the guy who's looking through the blue lens goes, huh, that is a blue and black or dark blue zebra. And then the guy with the red lens Says, you are both crazy. That is a red and dark red zebra. And then the guy with the green lens and the orange lens, you see how this works? And they will argue with each other over who sees correctly. But which one's right? The zebra. Because <laughs> everyone else has been affected by their lens. <laughs> But I will fight to the death. We are the first church of the Redlands. We have some value for the yellow. So we let them in. We just don't ever let them be elders. But those blue, blue lens people are crazy. Let me teach you how crazy they are. Stay away from those blue land people. 
these gifts, these anointings are on everyone. Everyone sees a certain way. So let's start with the pastors. Pastors see through the lens of the church, the Christians, the, the people who've been saved. Their, their natural anointing is drawn to serve well the Christians. Oh, Bob and Mary, so happy you're here. Welcome. So glad to see you. And there's Johnny and Timmy and Sarah. Welcome, yes. Uh, 9, 11, and 13. Yes. I love your family. I love you. I memorize their names and their ages. I missed you. I haven't seen you for a week. And I was uh, so happy to see you. Did you get my message two weeks ago? When you missed? Did you get Monday morning? Did you get that call? Why? Why? Because I... Love you. I love you too. Too. It's funny to know. Hey, hey, we have a marriage seminar coming up for you, buddy. But there's lots of sex in it. We're gonna love it. There's lots of serving. You're gonna love it. Here we go. And then we have a children's, uh, you know, we have a children's camp going on that you're gonna love because you're gonna love. Um, and then we have a parenting club course, uh, loving your kids on purpose. You're gonna love it. And, uh, and then we have a men's gathering. You know, you guys, you guys and women's and just have a great time. You know, and I just, I just want to know if there's anything I can ever do for you, ever. I want you to call me, call me. I mean, call me in the middle of the night. Call me. I don't care. Here, call me on my phone. Call me on my phone. I mean, anytime, very, I, I will answer. I will be there for you. Why? Why? Because I love. Now, go into all the world and tell everyone you meet how much I love you. Okay? This is the pastor. The pastor doesn't even have to try to want to serve the, the, the sheep. Make sure the sheep are healthy. Make sure the koinonia, are you plugged in? Are we together? Are you, are you, in, a, are you in a power group? A body group? And a home group? And a love group? And a... Some group, cell group, what do we call them now? I don't even know what we call them now. Life group, can we go life group, something? Or in a group, we just want to know that you're plugged in and it's hard for you to leave. <laughs> Why? Why? Because. Isn't it weird that the, the person in charge of the church is the senior? Yeah, we've elected our caregiver. Who's focused on satisfying my needs.
It's the glory of God. Let's go up into the glory of God. And they all said, Oh, why don't you go? Why don't you go see what he wants? Come and tell us. And we'll just do whatever. We've been slaves for 400 years. We're scared of clowns. Moses was raised in the cloud, right? He was raised in possibility. He was raised in resources. He was raised in the future. The slaves go, back, back. go ahead, you go up. You go up a little late. Seriously? You want to wait here? You don't want to? Really? So you leave? Pastor Aaron takes over. <laughs> And Moses comes back and he's like, I thought you passed away in the first generation. <laughs> what are you doing here? It took way longer than we thought we were going to take. I was afraid of them. That's why they're doing that. What are they doing anyway? Pastors have turned the church into a cruise. A hotel, a restaurant. Why? Because their natural anointing is to make the sheep happy. Happy sheep, happy me. <laughs> Heaven on earth was nobody complained today. <laughs> How do you govern from the pew? Just complain. And the pastors will do the what can I do for you then? It's too noisy. It's too loud. Worship's too loud. <laughs> it's too cold in here. It's too cold in here. There's no there's a line at the children's ministry. <laughs> have you ever tried to park here? I don't have a parking spot with my name on it like you do. <laughs> it irritates me when you preach about money. <laughs> but we need some new carpet around here. Hey, bring my friends in here. Big old stain over there. But what's his face? Cut himself. <laughs> and here is the. This is what makes it so miserable to lead a church. It, it's, it's worse than working in a restaurant because there's no tips. <laughs> but this is a self-imposed culture. Why? Because we do it ourselves. You said first, second, third, fourth, and then. We say we want to be served as a congregation the way we want to be served. And if that guy isn't serving enough the way we like it, then we get another chef in the kitchen. One who really appreciates our need. Or fine, I'll just go to another restaurant, a church. Because there's lots of churches in this town. 
See, here is a basic governmental structure problem. Now, I don't know where you're from. I don't know where you came from. But chances are you came from a pastoral house. You came from a place that, that does something about flies. <laughs> because they care about people. <laughs> so when you get here and you go, oh my gosh, this place is totally different. This is awesome. Worship so amazing. I feel so good. I feel the person to go, this is like I like the thing I healed on my body in the home for everything I've crammed or the church is so amazing. How come nobody answers my phone by call? Yeah, I complained about how loud it was last week. I think it's louder this week. Still have a big children's ministry toys. I don't think they're dishwashing them every week. Reading through the Old Testament in a year. 
together. Some weeks will be tougher than other weeks. Do it anyway. <laughs> because it's impossible to read through the whole Bible in a year, on Wednesday we'll begin in Matthew. <laughs> yes, we are reading through the genealogy. Why? Because if it wasn't important to people, it wouldn't be in the Bible. Now, I know you brought your Bibles with you. There are no real Christians who don't carry their Bibles. <laughs> don't give me that iPhone stuff. <laughs> and when a teacher begins to unfold a message, you can bet your pippy that this is right. <laughs> And there's a line drawn right down the center of the room. And the teacher says, Now all of you who want to be in the truth, over here with me. Because beginning at this line, and in the increasing measures of deception. And that, my friend, is why we have other churches in this town. <laughs> and so here comes the problem, is that when we have pastor-teacher at the top, we have an anointing that is intended to build us together, mature us, join us, now dividing us into little fractures. Because there's 300 teachers in Austin who totally disagree with each other. Teacher was never meant to be the top of the Pastor was never meant to be the top of the But pastor teacher is the top anointing in the body of Christ today. And so we focus on the size of our churches and Bible knowledge. That's what we're doing here, people. It's gathering the Christians and teaching the Bible. Then we have the evangelists. The evangelists are, you know, if you're still in this room and you're evangelists, congratulations. I can't believe you made it all this way. <laughs> evangelists are sitting in this room and they're going, oh my gosh, there's people in this hotel that don't know Jesus and we're sitting in this room. I mean, we can just sit right out there in the chair and people walk by and try to shoot fish in a barrel here. Come on, what are we doing in the room? Can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. What? I wasn't say sit, it says go. What do we do? We gather our people and we sit and we sit and we sit and we gather and we sit and we gather and we sit. Come here, this is Joe. Joe, who I led to the Lord. Joe. Me and Joe, we're going to the highways and the byways. We're going to compel them to come in. We're not coming here. We're going to start our own church. We're going to start our own church called the Army of God. That's right. We're going to win people to Jesus and then teach them. Power of the blood, power of the cross, and how to lead other people to Jesus, because that's all you need to know. We're not even going to have chairs in our church that you can't sit. They're just going to come in and they're going to go. That's what we're going to do. That's what we do here. Good grief, we're wasting all this time and stuff. We can do all this other stuff in heaven. The only thing you can't do in heaven is win people to Jesus. <laughs> It's 
So the evangelists focus all the energy and attention on the lost without even trying. They wake up in the morning and go, Oh my God! People are going to hell! Oh my God! You don't have to like coax them into sales. They're running around going, Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Can't go to bed tonight without blowing up my store. It's a weird thing. <laughs> I understand. Then there's the prophetic and the prophet. The prophet is, uh, well, prophetic people are just like everything. Everything means something. Every, every color, every number, everything means something. All day, every day. So you know, nobody, there are no prophetic people with a digital clock, right? That's not a digital clock. That is a portal to heaven. Oh my God. It's 12.34 again. One, two, three, four. Moment of divine order right now, right here. Oh, intercessor. That's the second time today that I have. That's a number of witnesses. That's a number of witnesses. Oh man, you got a blue shirt on. Blue shirt, blue shirt, but Revelation cover but it's got stripes, Revelation of healing of God. You got two arms and two legs, that's four, that's the number of the Holy Spirit. You got a head, that's five, that's grace, you are covered with the grace of Revelation and healing. I mean, I mean, if you have a prophetic friend, be nice to them. They have a lot going on all the way. <laughs> they have the apostolic or the apostles who simply just look at the blueprint of heaven. They understand. They have a, an anointing to see what's going on in the first heaven. Able to see God at work, where God is at work, where God is strategizing what, what, what heaven looks like and how to bring it to the earth. They wake up in the morning going, how are we going to change the earth? How are we going to make the earth look more like heaven? John G. Lake one time was asked by a reporter when Spokane, or, uh, Spokane was being transformed, 100,000 reported healings. And uh, he said, how do you know who to pray for? He goes, oh, that's easy. If I ever see a, a cast, a wheelchair, a crutch, I know there's none of that in heaven. So earth has to change. Okay. See, the apostolic, the, you know, pastors, pastors are more than, more than comfortable with a 12-step program. Right? Like, let's just move people through the stages of growth and development towards freedom. Apostolic people have a one-step program. Shut up! Shut up! Okay. That should do it. That's the end. 30-year heroin addiction. Bad marriage, come here. Shut up! Okay. Okay. 
That should do it. I remember one time I prayed for a couple in the shop and they went down and got up and they were just happy. Stay down there until you're happy. Now if you haven't noticed, these guys are different. They're very different. They're worth splitting the church up over to be right. And then we surround ourselves with ourselves to justify ourselves. And then we justify ourselves dishonoring people who disagree with us. And now the gifts of Christ have become the curse of the church. Because we don't know how to value what I don't understand or what I disagree with. See, the only thing that holds us together is honor. The only thing that allows us to function in the house is honor. And that is, I will choose us above our argument. I will choose our love over the disagreement so that our love rules the disagreement instead of the disagreement rules our love. This is the practice of covenant. The only way to really pull this together and make it work so that it's a benefit to the community and it creates a whole culture instead of a two-fold culture. A three-fold culture is pretty much a, a really thriving church has a three-fold culture. We have a pastor, a teacher, and an evangelist. The only supernatural activity we really allow is evangelism. Close your eyes. Father, forgive me. I'm not going to okay, open your eyes. Okay, okay guys. Feel different? You're a new creature. Everything's new. Brand new. And cool. Feelings will come. Now we're going to teach on tithing. And here we have a, a, a predicament because heaven is trying to get to the earth, but we have established on the earth a natural church with natural anointings. The, the anointings that are focused on what can happen without God in them. See, we can, we can be, a, we can be a, a, a customer service organization who studies the rules really well. And we don't need, we, we've created an environment that is there so that the people will come. But it was never intended to be that way. There's actually five of these. And it's because those apostle, prophet, first and second, they're actually anointings that are closer to heaven. See, we don't have to honor them. We haven't for a very long time. We don't have to do it God's way. We haven't for a very long time. We just have to do it God's way for heaven to come. See, apostles and prophets will create a, a, a place for God to come. Apostles and prophets really don't even care if the people don't come. <laughs> we didn't do this for the people anyway. We did it so that God would show up. 
But here's the crazy thing. As soon as God shows up, here come all the people. There'll be no parking. There'll be a line down the hallway for the children's church. You waited for a month to get a seat. And you can complain about the music if you want to, but nobody's listening. Because <laughs> the music's so loud. <laughs> it doesn't mean apostles and prophets don't care about people. Of course they do. But they care far less about your moaning than they do about his pleasure. So this whole thing is designed for his pleasure. So that's why first apostles, second prophets, that's why. Because apostles and prophets are going to protect heaven as much as pastors and evangelists are going to protect earth. These guys have the most favor with heaven. These guys have the most favor with earth. Evangelists can just walk into a bar. Hey, how are you doing? Praise God. Hey, yeah. I know I don't drink wine. I'm, I'm an evangelist. Huh? You're one of those TV guys, take money? No. A lot of people like, hey, do you have a, a tumor in God's dissolving it right now. Oh my God, it's gone. What must I do to be saved? Like, how does this happen? How does this happen? The evangelist is meet people and you know, hey, I let four guys to the Lord on the way to on the way to work. It was a traffic jam. How did that happen? I was working on a fifth guy, but then the light turned. I feel terrible. Love the pastors. Why? Because I'm there for you. I'm there for you. Of course they do. Heaven and earth favor built into the anointing. If there's not honor, they work independent of each other. The teachers, the teachers are kind of caught in the middle. Like, what are we teaching? What are we teaching? What are we, what are we doing? Because if a teacher under the anointing of apostle and prophet is looking at those scripture like, Oh, look at all the supernatural stuff in here, people! Open your Bibles to the book of Acts! <laughs> and now the teacher's going to use that equipping to get things right, to get them right to equip the saints for the supernatural work of ministry. <laughs> so, teachers are in the flow of pastor, uh, apostle, prophet, teacher, Workers of miracles, gifts of healing. That, that teacher doesn't belong there when we have our mentality of what a teacher is. Because our mentality of what a teacher is is to teach us to be afraid of the other four. But under the anointing of apostle and prophet, that teacher's behavior and perspective, their lens changed colors. Now they're looking for something completely different. Jesus was a miracle worker! Did you see this? When did this happen? <laughs> and now, boom. <coughs> now, heaven just keeps flowing into earth. It just keeps flowing because we do it this way. Because we created this funnel, we created this receptacle that actually fits the plug. I have a plug on my on my 
laptop that fits everywhere in the United States I go. As soon as I get to England, I have to buy an adapter this big. <laughs> plug it in the side, plug it in the wall. See, we've got to have a receptacle for heaven, or heaven just can't seem to plug into what we're doing. <coughs> There's a desire there, and it should flow. There has to be an adapter. So we're the ones that will be adapting. Heaven will be. This goes on and on and on. We talk about first apostles. First apostles. As soon as you say that to anybody, especially a group of leaders, I have a thousand leaders in a room, and I go, first apostles. And I just pause. And all of a sudden they're going, you had me at first. <laughs> First what? Apostle? Okay. I'll be an apostle. <laughs> Whatever it takes to be first, that's me, baby. That's what I do. So we have a word that nobody really knows what it means. Apostle. Oh, apostle. Oh, yeah. Apostles are old guys. <laughs> old guys who planted churches and now travel around and visit them. Oh, yeah. Like a pastor of pastor. Oh, yeah. The apostle. Apostle Henry. As soon as you get 56 years old, you're eligible <laughs> to be an apostle. Jesus surrounded himself with uh, 55 year olds. <laughs> no, they might have been 30. Topless and the keys. You're in charge. And we can think of a 30 year old pastor, 30 year old teacher, 30 year old evangelist. 30-year-old prophet. Sean Bowles was a 30-year-old prophet. 30-year-old apostle. 30-year-old apostle. Got a picture in your head? You see him? No. Why? Because there aren't any. Apostle means old guy. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Well, at least it means father. Your father. Fatherly. Father, other leaders, your father. Apostle means father. <laughs> Fatherly. Big white beard. Fatherly. Father Christmas. <laughs> I should have just had him come up with this. actually means uh, the DNA 
DNA of a father. Like Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, you have many teachers, you have many people who are trying to help you get it right, tell you what's right. But you have very few who have given you a DNA impartation. Follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me, Paul says. Look like me. See, when you look like your father, you're of your father. Now the thing about the, the apostle is that the DNA from an apostle literally challenges you to sacrifice your life. The life of an apostle is a life of sacrificing your life. apostle gets done with you, you think, I could give more. There's more of me to give. When Heidi Baker gets done with you, the old guy, Heidi Baker, <laughs> Mother Christmas, when Heidi Baker gets done with you, you are A, wonder if you're saved, And then you're thinking, I should go to Mozambique. You have many teachers, but you don't have many apostles. Because apostles raise the bar on your level of sacrifice. Your willingness to sacrifice. And the apostles have a, a, a unique ingredient here. In the same passage of in 1 Corinthians 4, he says, when I get to town, when I get there, if I ever get out of this cave, when I get there, we're going to gather up your so-called fathers, these so-called apostles, and we're going to have a showdown. We're going to have a showdown of a display of kingdom power. See, here's what separates apostles from old guys. Here's what separates apostles from teachers and all the other anointings. You do not have an apostle if you do not have heaven working in and through them. And their entire environment is charged with kingdom power. That is an apostle. There's lots of teachers or pastors or evangelists who have an incredible leadership lid. And they can just franchise themselves like crazy. We have 9,000 churches. We don't even need any other churches. Oh, they're an apostle. 9,000 churches. How could you not be an apostle? Easy. Have no kingdom power flowing through your anointing. We should be having a conversation of what's the difference between an apostle and a worker of miracles? What's the difference between an apostle and a gift of healing? 
They'd be saying, what's an apostle? I don't really know. But every time our pastor teaches about it, it looks a lot like him. <laughs> and our teachers don't even teach it. Apostles have a unique effect on an environment because evangelists, they surround themselves with and empower other evangelists. Okay, all right, you want to go through the front How many people do you live in the Lord? 50? Let's go grow up. <laughs> New? 250. Okay, so you like in kindergarten. But okay, you can be on my mic. You? 5,000? Okay, good. You haven't been to Africa yet? Okay. <laughs> and my, my leadership team is stacked with impressive advantages. Why? Because we are going to broadcast how important this anointing is. Teachers? So what's that? What are the letters in your name? No, not J-R. I mean, what else? <laughs> Where'd you go to school? Oh, really? <laughs> You're on probation. <laughs> oh, perfect. That's my school. Awesome. Come here. <laughs> Teachers are surrounded by endives. Pastors? Come here. Do you love people? Do you lie? <laughs> Give me a hug. Oh, that was a good note. That was a good note. Right. Keep doing that. You can do it on TV. Promise not to hurt anybody? Okay. Do you know all the words to Kumbaya? <laughs> prophetic people? Prophetic leaders? They, they surround themselves with the weirdest people they can find. <laughs> but apostles? Apostles surround themselves with the whole body. Apostles are lighting up every single anointing in the body. We need the evangelists and we need hospitality happening at all the same time. But we need miracles coming out of both of you. You, Pastor, come on, we need some miracles. Sir, it's miracles. Miracles, everything. On three, ready? Miracles! Miracles! Everywhere. We need everybody. Drop a miracle. <laughs> that's, that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing. That's why we're here. And apostles have a cultural impact. Outside of the room. Out there. People are hearing about the kingdom. People are experiencing the kingdom. People are learning about the kingdom. So the goal isn't to try to get everybody in the room. The goal is to get the kingdom throughout the city. We don't need a, a room that holds two million people. We just need two million people exposed to the kingdom. And that everybody who comes to our city is exposed by the presence of God, exposed to the presence of God, exposed to miracles, exposed to the, the face of a loving Father. So first, apostles. 
second prophets, third teachers, and then workers and miracles, gifts of healing, and so on. But we don't have a, we don't have an apostle unless we have heaven invading the environment through them. So this is this is the struggle because a lot of high level leaders, people with big ministries, don't have first, don't have heaven, don't have worship, don't have the presence. Don't have the power. Supernatural as first. And so, not the size of your ministry. It's not the age of your ministry. It's not the age age of your minister. It is. It starts with the flow of heaven in and through. And we'll see. We'll see how much of a owner that person becomes in the body of Christ. And that's what will separate a worker of miracles from an apostle. Are we doing the work for the unifying of the body of Christ? Or are we doing the work for the perpetuation of ministry? There's, there's a difference between a father and owner of the whole than there is for someone who is very gifted in the supernatural. We currently have a set of priorities under the teacher-pastor model, and it looks very much like this. There are certain things that are very important. I was in Australia, and I was teaching this message, and one of the elders came up at the end and said, you know, that, that uh, slide you put up there, that uh, we just spent a week at a retreat, that was our mission statement. <laughs> I said, all right, well, you know, uh, it's, it's pretty much it. It's pretty much the majority of the body of Christ is something like this. Now, the problem is, is that when you remove the supernatural and you become a natural organization, you begin to fail. You begin to, to decline. So you have to start looking around and say, well, what other organization is successful that is a natural organization? You think, well, business. Business. We need churches to look more and more like businesses. And so, yep, so we, got, we end up with, um, we got, you got to take care of your customers. Your customers are... Job one, protect your customers, and then uh, you better make sure that your product is yours and distinguishable from everyone else's, and then take care of your shareholders, the people that are investing in the success of your ministry, and you got to have new customers. And so here we have a business model. Here is a business model of taking care of business. But when we have first, second, third, and then... We have a brand new set of priorities. Now, what I don't mean to say is the other ones aren't important. They are very important. They're just not the most important. The most important is the presence and power of worship. That would be why we're gathering is for God to come. To be pleasing to our Father. 
and to follow the Holy Spirit. To, to hear the voice of God. To see the hand of God. To know what, what, what He's doing, what He's saying to us. To light up the, the spirit realm in the room. So everyone is, is, is able to connect with and be led by what it is the Spirit of God is doing and not limited to words on a page. That we have a message of the kingdom and not our pet doctrines to fight about. That we keep going back to Jesus and teaching the life of Jesus and showing the life of Jesus and emulating the life of Jesus. And now we have supernatural activity everywhere. No longer is the supernatural suspect. It's now expected. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just worshipped the king of glory for an hour? And there was no supernatural? That's a miracle. <laughs> it is a miracle. And some people get this confused with the fivefold corporate ladder. It's not. This is not the fivefold corporate ladder. This is not, you know, you start out as an evangelist. I was bold and brave and able to willing to risk it all and face the fear of man and confront my fear of rejection and I just boldly proclaim the gospel of Christ and not ashamed of it. People came to know Jesus. Oh my gosh. I did it more and more. I had more and more people preaching. They're calling me. So I invited them to my house and had the house group. Pretty soon. People started getting free, started telling other people, and we had to move it to a storefront. Before I knew it, and she had to get a building, rent a building. Oh my gosh, these people are calling me night and day, night and day. The people are calling me, blowing up their lives, blowing up each other's lives, blowing up strangers' lives, blowing up my life. I went to school, to school so I could answer their hard questions. So I can put a degree of separation between me and them. He's studying right now. He's unavailable. Changed my phone number. Started playing some churches. Our theology was so hard to argue against. Started letting my hair grow. Started taking more naps. Having more dreams. Before I knew it, I was a prophetic teacher. I started putting Bible verses to my dreams. Started to talk mysteriously. Got a faraway look in my eyes. Before we knew it, we had planted 50 churches. Now I'm older. I'd like to travel. I'm going to go around and see those little families of mine. I'm an apostle. I've successfully maneuvered through Christian executive levels. <laughs> Here's the deal. You know, Billy Graham, I know he passed away, but let him be an evangelist. Just let him be an awesome evangelist. Please don't try to turn him into something he's not just because he's old. And we love him. We respect him. Chuck Swindoll, great teacher. Leave him alone. Just let him be a teacher. 
We don't need to turn people into apostles because they get old. That's what we do. If we have a space for apostle, we put them in apostle. Look at you. Look at white hair. You're an apostle. No, I'm not an apostle. You shifted you up white hair. I'm not, I'm not an apostle. I think you are. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like you, you just got mislabeled. Hey, dude, I'm not a Christian. Oh. Apostles, second prophets, teachers, and then this is this is this, and God has appointed in the church. See, here's here's the transition: is that we actually begin to plug heaven into earth with the right receptacles, and we stop with the tradition of the people who serve us the best. We empower. We actually going to have to trust. Gonna have to sacrifice. We're gonna, we're gonna be uncomfortable. We're gonna we're gonna follow instead of being in charge of things. I was in uh, Alaska and I had a, a lady paint this picture while I was there. Uh, and she said that this is the five-fold team running together and following the Holy Spirit down a dry river. The next picture she painted, I didn't get a picture of it, but it was just a wave of, of uh, river coming down this. this uh. What I love about this picture is that you cannot tell which one is the apostle or the evangelist or whatever. They're a team running together shoulder to shoulder. And way too often people hear apostle as boss. And apostles are not the boss. Apostles are not the Pope. They're not creating a structure for everyone to smash into and hope these people here die so we can be empowered. Actually, apostles and prophets are the foundation. And so the lives of everyone standing on them throw roots down into the sacrificial life they have given and they've lived, draw nutrients up into us and bear fruit. So the layering of apostles and prophets is actually what builds this, this place of, of momentum and inheritance and legacy. So for us to talk about the apostles passing away is, is to say that there is no legacy. There is no inheritance. There is nothing to plug into. Which is how you create an orphan culture. You create an orphan culture by getting rid of the fathers. When you, when you remove the fathers, you end up with a society that is an open wound ready for infection to be infected by the, the enemy's lies that you're on your own, that this is all a competition, that you should be afraid. You gotta provide for yourself. And the only time that this really works is if you really need a miracle and you won the lottery that day. The rest of the time, there's no resource. And so people begin to think that the, the gospel is a training 
in how to live a life of integrity and learn how to suffer through all your challenges. While we're in a war with a supernatural enemy. So God gave the devil a shotgun and he gave the saints a stick. And everybody knows you can't beat the guy with the shotgun with a stick, so we use the stick on each other. <laughs> First, second, third, and then is what pours the supernatural into the house of God. And what begins that breed is, is, is freedom. Freedom begins to be the fruit of heaven coming to earth. And it, you know, though we be small, we be mighty in numbers, in that as soon as people get a whiff of freedom coming from that place over there, they will violate their own fears of rejection and they will find their way to freedom. And eventually, the rest of the body of Christ will pay attention to why is that thriving? Why are we declining? And it's because heaven is open over there by apostles and prophets and teachers, workers of miracles, gift of healing, helps administration. Amen. Okay. Let's all stand up. I thought it was important to share this with you guys because I understand why you're here. You're here because of the presence of God. You're here because of the freedom. <laughs> I, I missed it twice on those two times.
mystery. It's all part of what we're doing here. It's part of the foundation. It's part of the sacrifice. We're just not changing the subject. We're just not going to change the subject. So apostles and prophets give you the courage to step into the mystery without having to be in control. Because people get scared. When people get scared, they want control. They want to protect themselves. I don't ever want something like that to happen to me again. So if you don't understand that, that the foundation that you are building here is rooted in chasing God into the mysteries, that's what's bringing freedom. That's what's bringing supernatural is, is what that anointing brings. If you don't understand that's what you're doing, then you'll make the mistake that 100% of the church has made up until this point. And that is... The apostolic and the prophetic either age out or get chased out. The revival becomes an organization, which then becomes change the movement to a museum. And we now talk about what used to because we don't understand what happened was pastors and teachers and administrators took over with the apostolic and prophetic building. Hundred percent of the time that happens. So we were working hard that did not happen in places all over. So that apostolic movements don't have to start from scratch again, but they can shift gears. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the sermon of the week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com.